It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday december 23rd and you're listening to episode 395 today i am joined by my good friend banana chan hey how's it going hey thanks for having me again yeah i'm excited to i i um i reached out to you this week and i've literally went to reach out to you probably a dozen times in the last <laughs> couple months and like i've known how busy you've been and i was like you know what i'm just gonna wait and then uh found myself in a pinch and you jumped in like a day later so in fact i, I was laughing about your response because i said hey could you record an episode with me tomorrow at like 9 p.m.? And you were like, sure. What are we recording? I was like, I like that attitude. <laughs> Whatever you need, I'm there. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it. So, um, and you know, I'm excited because uh, you and I uh, have been working on a lot of different things uh, here and there. So we're going to, for our topic today, we're just going to talk about some of the stuff we've been working on. Um, but what's been up with you lately? I know you've been crazy busy for the last several months, um, doing lots of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I've been working on, uh, a few games, uh, some of which I can't talk about, but the things I can talk about are, uh, the things that Game and a Curry is publishing. So we are publishing Mm -hmm. a, uh, new game called battle of the boy bands and that's going on to kickstarter in the first quarter of 2020 uh the second thing we're publishing awesome. is Jiangxi blood in the banquet hall which is a game that uh senfun lim and i designed and it's a tabletop role-playing game where players are uh, basically a family running a chinese restaurant at in the daytime uh you're faced with oppression at night Jiangxi hopping vampires come out and try to attack your customer base and you so love that. Yeah. What is the what time period is that one set in or is it more open? Oh, so the base game is set in the 1920s. So it's 1920s San Francisco. Um, but as uh, you know, there are different scenarios that players can choose from. So there is a New York setting. There is a Vancouver setting, Toronto. And then the other scenarios, there's even a cyberpunk setting. Uh, that one's called Noodle Runner. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'm very excited for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Noodle Runner. It's a fantastic name. <laughs> yeah, and we're asking a few other people to write scenarios for us. So I think we're going to get a lot so of... Awesome. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of voices. So I'm excited to see what happens. That's that's fantastic. I, in fact, I just saw you post on Facebook earlier today. Um, what was that stats uh, for the people that have worked on this? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't want to misquote it. So currently, we have 18 out of 22 people of color that we'd like to have on board. We haven't onboarded all of them yet, um, but right now, uh, yeah, it's majority um, people of color. That's so fantastic. Obviously, especially for the the, the subject matter here, that's so important. I think that's awesome. Um a question. So, did you um, for the you mentioned the different cities other than the Noodle Runner, like for the other like real cities you mentioned, um, are those cities where there is specifically like heavier Asian culture? Like you know, with um, is that why you pick those cities? Yeah. So each of those cities have yeah. Chinatowns in them. Um, so San awesome. Francisco is people call it the original Chinatown, um, and it's the largest one uh, in 
the in the Americas. And then there is also uh, a large um, Chinese diaspora in you know New York. You have uh, mm-hmm. people in LA because you know they moved over from San Francisco, and also in uh, Toronto and Vancouver. So there is a large immigrant po- uh, population over there as well. Toronto is interesting to me. Like Vancouver makes sense, right? It's that West Coast, right? That corridor yeah, there, yeah, where yeah. like. San Francisco, Vancouver, Los Angeles. Toronto was interesting to me that that like was a place that people were like, we want to go there, you know? So I think a part of the The, reason you're originally, I don't, (laughs) I'm not just to be clear. I'm not making fun of Toronto. (laughs) I'm just saying like locationally, like if that was founded, like the Chinatown there was founded, you know, in the 1920s. That's that's an interesting place to have that population just end up. Right. Yeah. I think a part of the reason is that, uh, some, is also kind of from that area <laughs> so him and i share that <laughs> I uh share that background right. together so so a little bias towards toronto where you're like well we should probably put toronto <laughs> in there too just a little bit of a bias <laughs> but yeah there's also there's nothing wrong with a hometown bias yeah exactly <laughs> and there's also the the railways that were built in canada so that's like a big uh, a big thing as well Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah, that makes total sense. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to integrate so. that as well into uh, the Canadian setting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, no, it's so interesting. I've I've seen very little about this game. Only what you've talked about, either with me or when I've seen you talking about it online. So I can't wait to be able to actually see the real deal. So, um, and that's going to be on Kickstarter. You said, yes. or is that going to be a yeah. yes? So at some point next year. Uh, in the second quarter of 2020. So um, okay. we're okay. working together with Wet Ink Games. Uh, so we're co-publishing this cool. um, together. They have the experience awesome. with role-playing games on Kickstarter. We have um, a little bit of printing experience. So we're going to combine our forces and make something out of it. <laughs> awesome. That's fan- that is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're very excited. Yeah, and I, you, the last time you were on the show, you pitched Rob and I, as that was back when Rob was still on the show, you pitched Rob and I the uh, kind of the base idea for that. And just the name, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm so in. So, Thank you. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah we're very excited about it. <laughs> It sounds amazing. So, and then, uh, so let's save Battle of the Boy Bands and let's talk a bit about more about that um, when we would normally do the pitch. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool, cool, awesome. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, having you on, was I like to give updates with people I'm co-designing with, and um, kind of I talked about this when Isaac was on recently. The he was on a couple episodes ago. The main people I'm co-designing with right now are Neil, uh, Isaac, and yourself. And um, I was talking about how fantastic it's been. Like you, I've co-designed with some other people, but the three of you have been the ones where I felt like we just all clicked Aww. really well. <laughs> and like, we kind of have like, you, we we just kind of get, like we're on the same wavelength, right? When it yeah. comes to what we're looking for. And um, and I certainly, I had come to you with ideas um, and I'd brought certain ideas to Neil and Isaac brought some ideas to me. And I think that, that what helps with that is, you know, I... I kind of saw what you were out there doing and was able to say, I feel like you could lend your voice to this and that you would have a different perspective than I have. And that's important to me, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about this stuff. And uh, so currently you and I have worked on, we have two games that are in consideration right now yes. with publishers. Yes. Um, and I think we can talk about those games. We just can't talk about the publishers. Um, 
so yeah, and then we've got a couple more, well, one more at least that we're specifically working on together. Uh, we haven't started much yet. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta do that when you're not so busy. Um, we'll get on it. It's in the pipeline. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. Right, right. And that, so that last one is an RPG. The other two are party games. Um, and uh, I'm excited to work on the RPG with you just because I have literally zero experience ever working on an RPG and you have a ton of it. <laughs> um, and I had an idea and was, I actually brought it to you as, is this stupid? Like, is this dumb? And you were like, no, this sounds really fun. Like, let's do it. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah, um, I'm super excited yeah. for it. Yeah. So, um, well, let's talk first about, let's talk about Life of the Party. Um, I've talked about it a little on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, so do you want to give the, kind of like the little summary of the story of that game? Because I feel like you do that way better <laughs> than I do. Yeah, sure. So the, the story for, of Life of the Party is that you're all ghosts who have uh, settled on a vacation package to visit uh, different uh, fleshy corporeal humans and possess them for a short period of time. Unfortunately, you p you've purchased the worst vacation package because it was the cheapest, and that is why you only have three minutes at a time in each human body. So... How it works is uh, you each get shuffled uh, a card, and that is the card that you're going to be role-playing for three minutes, um, and the other players have to guess who you are. And uh, you know you role-play for three minutes, the timer goes off, and then um, you do scoring. Uh, and how you role-play these characters is based on these traits that are randomly assigned, randomly flipped over. And the traits are basically like kind of like issues that the ghosts have right the spirits have they're none of them are super positive i don't feel like they're all supposed to be kind of um conversation like conversationally things that would be interesting if they were those, those things were wrong with that spirit yeah they're very uh <laughs> i i think i actually think they're very human they're very human problems yes <laughs> yes they're like some of which ridiculously so human problems like one of like one of my one of my favorites that, that you came up with is it was was um doesn't believe in ghosts uh <laughs> even though they are one which was is like what what <laughs> yeah it's very it's very uh very silly <laughs> and surreal so with those traits uh if i may the, the uh there each spirit gets three for the entire game right um yes but uh each round you you as your as a player will be randomly assigned a spirit to possess so you'll possess theoretically three spirits over the game unless you're a person which we can talk about too um and when you're possessing a spirit you actually only choose two of those three traits so that's a way to kind of throw people off your scent um cuz the scoring you were talking about the, the big crux of that is you want you want one person to guess who you are correctly. Right. Um, you get the most points if one person guesses who you are. Your points go steadily downwards if if more people do, but you get nothing if no one guesses who you are, which is the worst. Um, and then you also score points uh, for get the more you get correct. Um, so for every person you guess correctly, you get points, and that builds based on the number correct you got for that round only. Right, exactly. That, that's all correct, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And it makes it harder uh, for people who are a little more theatrical. Uh, people who like the spotlight a lot will have to sit back and right. listen to other players. Right, right. 
Because yeah, you will not win that game by just getting one. If you got one person to guess you every time and then never guessed anyone else, you would you would lose hard, like for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's the points are built so that you really want a mix of people guessing you and you guessing people. Um, and then there was something else I was gonna say about that, but I don't remember. Oh, the human. So. Right. Um, yeah, you want to explain that part? Yeah, so uh, one person assigned, is assigned a random card that's, that just says, you are still you. And so you remain yourself. You can either play out as, you know, you, player you, um, or you could just, like, you know, choose, uh, you know, lie about a facet or, like, pick a trait from, um, from one of the cards and just act that out. Um, the one thing to note is that humans can always lie but spirits cannot lie right right so if asked directly like if it said you hate the color green if if i'm the if i'm the human i could say yes i hate the color green because the spirit uh says that they hate the color green right but the spirit right. could not do the opposite right? right so the spirit has to say if, but but we also the goal is kind of to not get but I mean, you could ask direct questions. The The goal with that is for you to then be able to role play your way out of answering that too directly. Right. Because right. um, one of the moments in the games that can be frustrating as as the, as when you're being a spirit is when you say something and then you see everybody go, oh, and then everyone writes something down. And you're like, well, crap. Right. Exactly. I guess they all know who I am. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting being the human as well, just because you sort of it's sort of like werewolfy right it's sort of it's you know right, right where you know it feels like oh i might be sort of the bad person but i'm not actually i'm just human <laughs> right 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 well and i think what's interesting about that is because you're not tied to so many traits you can um you can focus more on those rounds of trying to figure out like who the other people yeah. are and really try to go hard on that that round yeah exactly um, so so we're, we're still doing some tweaking with it um we've gotten some feedback from different publishers uh and from play testers um one of the most interesting things to me about this from that we've heard from publishers is um because it's a part like because it's a game where like so first of all, you took the rules and you did this amazing job of rewriting the rules as if you were reading it as one of the spirits who's booked this travel company <laughs> to send you. So it's, and it's hilarious. Um, but what that's done is when a publisher reads that they're like, can I see an actual play video? Like I need to see how this actually like plays out. Um, that was funny. It <laughs> said actually plays out. Did not mean to do that, but um, anyways, uh, so that's, that's been interesting. You just, you would produced one that was just kind of like, you just shot it basically so that I could see it, so we could talk about it. But then you sent it to a couple of publishers, and then you actually just made a new one that looks fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, yeah. Like multiple camera angles and stuff. <laughs> I was only like, two camera I forget three. that. <laughs> but still, like, I mean, most people are just like, I'm just going to record this with my phone. And you were like, I'm going to set some stuff up. And so it looked great. Like, it looked very professional. And um, yeah, it was really fun as a designer to watch. And um and I think it'll help it resonate with publishers uh, to really make them kind of like, oh, I get how this works. Yeah, so. yeah. And the players really enjoyed the game, it seems like, uh, from my end. It did seem like yeah, that. Yeah, it seemed like they had a lot of fun. Um, and also they had some great feedback. I didn't know that two of them were actually 
NYU students at the game center. So I was just like, oh, this is cool. Nice. <laughs> Bonus. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no. And so they gave us some interesting feedback about possibly changing the human role a little bit. So we're that's something we're kind of talking about the idea of what if the um are you comfortable with me talking yeah, about please these do. Yeah. ideas yeah, yeah. okay cool um so uh the idea of what if at the beginning we gave out a um kind of werewolf style right like we gave out a coin say that said human on one and the rest said spirit so what that would mean is every round everyone gets a spirit card but one of those people will always be the human for the entire game so and then maybe making it slightly asymmetrical with the scoring where the person who's the human, so the idea that they're, you know, the human is is trying to do something slightly different from the other player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Having a separate goal is cool. Right. So that's something we've talked about testing, even if that could be a variant of gameplay. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a party game. So like some people would just want to play it like the simple way. Um, in fact, that adds, doing it that way adds another variant of you could just have it so that everyone plays as a spirit, everyone plays as a spirit with a rotating human, and then there's certain people are spirits, and one person will always be a human, even though they're given a card that says they're a spirit. Right, right, um, yeah. Each round, so. Yeah. So, yeah, so in variability in, in that, it just adds to the replayability with stuff like that, so I think those are all options worth pursuing. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, it's a really interesting piece of feedback, and we should definitely try to, you know, integrate that or play test it out. For sure, for sure. So that one we've got being reviewed by two, well, one publisher right now. Um, there's another one that would like to see it at some point mm-hmm. um, that we just haven't gotten to the point of showing it to them yet. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's one we're pretty excited about. That was the first game we worked on together. Um, and uh, yeah, you have anything else to add about Life of the Party? Um, I think the first time we played it, or playtested it was at Grand Con, right? It was, it was, and it went really, really well. Are you going back in 2020? Oh, always, yeah. Grand Con is like an hour from my house, so yeah. I, that's like my hometown con. Nice. So I will always be at Grand Con, yes. Okay, awesome. I'll see you there. So, <laughs> yes, and I, I have to bring my kids this year if you're going to be there, because I've never told you this, so I'm going to tell you this on the show for the first time, so this will be fun. Um, So I I talk about people I'm co-designing with, like I'll talk with my wife about it, but my kids, they're like, they're five and seven. So they're always listening, right? So whenever I'm working on a new game, my son, especially he's seven, he'll be like, what, who are you, who are you designing this one with? And I said, I'm designing this with Banana Chan. And that got both of their attention. And now whenever I say like off the cuff, like, oh, I'm going to meet with Banana tonight to blah, blah, blah. Both of my kids start dancing and chanting Banana Chan, (laughs) Banana Chan. They've never met you. They've never seen you. um, But they are into you big time. So they might like be super shy when they meet you. I don't know. But yes. So that's adorable. I'm very excited to meet them. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny. That's so exciting. I feel like that's going to make my grand con even better now. (laughs) Right, right. But no, I will always come to Grand Con. We actually have some friends from St. Louis who always come up for Grand Con, and they some of them played in the game with us. Uh, but they, um, and I think, yeah, you went to lunch with us too. They um, they consider that their hometown con because even though okay. it's like seven hours away, all of their friends are there. So yeah, so we get to go have a weekend hanging out. Cool. So it's always nice. So the other game we've been working on, um, which this one is, is going very well, um, we've been working on it less time, but it's really come together fast, is called No Context. Um, and I don't remember what all I've talked about on the show with this, um, 
but so that game is um is it cool if i yeah, give go the, for it. I yes. the synopsis to this one sure so this game started it's I, I this game is something that's been in my head on and off for like a year and a half or two years that i never could quite figure out what it needed to be and i had a lot of really bad ideas um in life of the party went so well working with you that i was like well let's Let's look at this game. So I, I kind of pitched you the rough idea, um, and we went back and forth a couple times. And then while we were making the prototype, I believe we were making the prototype, and we kept having this problem of trying to figure out how to assign ro- um, random. So okay, let me explain how the game works. Sorry, I'm really bad at this. No, it's no, like it's- I haven't done this 394 <laughs> times before this. Um, so, uh, anyways, the uh, the idea of the game is you are trying to describe nouns to each other using only other nouns um and the nouns are all pictures in the newest version which seems to work really really well um the feedback has been really solid on that so basically what happens is you'll get uh five uh, everybody will be given um scratch that so we're going to get five noun cards sorry ah players uh plus one noun cards uh which are just these picture cards in the center of the board uh, for everybody to see. And then you'll also get the six noun cards because this plays one through six off to the side, right? And that's kind of like your clues. There'll be six of them there. They'll be numbered one through six with cards that number them. And then you'll take the cards that have the numbers on them and everyone will get a card with one through six on it secretly. And that will say, basically, I am describing this card, so this picture. And then we're going to draft those cards that are in the middle to attempt to describe the card we're trying to describe. Um, the way you'll do that is there's a card in front of you that's a yes or no card. Um, and that card, um, you will actually, oh, we call that the no context card, uh, or the, sorry, the context card. So you'll put that in front of you, and then you'll either, the card you draft, you'll either align it with yes to say, yes, this card describes the card I'm attempting to describe, or no, this card doesn't describe. Obviously, the game is easier if you can find cards that help describe, not don't describe. Um, But what's funny is a lot of times that doesn't happen because (laughs) you may only have two or three cards to choose from and they might all be terrible or ambiguous. Um, So that makes it really, really entertaining trying to watch what people are doing and then and then you bet um, camel up style, uh, we call it, which is like the game camel up where you bet face down in front of people and then bet stack on top of each other. You can bet at any time uh, as to what someone is describing, but you can only bet three bets uh, per round of guessing. So you only get to bet three times. And then after everybody has drafted three cards from the uh, drafting row, which that keeps replenishing, uh, then you have to then you look to see what people actually have uh, and you score points for getting it correct, being the first to get it correct, score less for second and so on. And then you score two points every time somebody gets yours correct. Um, but if five people get yours correct, you still only score two points. Um, that was actually an early problem we had where um, you were uh, people were getting like a crap ton of points because everybody would guess theirs. Uh, and you, you know that doesn't actually help. In fact, you want less people to guess yours correctly because um, you're giving out free points to them basically every time they guess correctly. You'd rather get your two points and then leave it be. Does that sound like a pretty fair description of kind of how it works? Yeah. Um, so you've been doing a lot of playtesting with that one. Uh, how'd that go? Yeah. So it's been really, really positive. The first time I playtested it with just words. 
Um, and then uh, we were able to get the picture version together because the publisher wanted to see it with pictures rather than just words. So we like slammed that together really fast. You did a bunch of Photoshop <laughs> magic, got it over to me. I was able to take it, make the prototype, get it out to them. And then so I tested it with with the exact same group of people, uh, plus or minus one or two new people um, for uh, one test with the words. And then I, they loved it. And I was like, hey, would you guys be willing to play this again? And they were like, oh my gosh, yes, we want to play this again. It was a great range of people, uh, male and female. So we had a really good mix of people, good range of ages. Um, and uh, the second time playing it with the with the pictures, they were just in love with it. Um, I mean, they were like, I would buy this game right now if I could buy this game right now. And that is like the best feedback you can hear as a designer <laughs> for how the game is going. That's awesome. Uh, and then the other group I showed it to was an older group. Um, and they really enjoyed it as well. It took them a little longer to kind of pick up on what they were doing. Uh, but once they got it, they did a fantastic job. Um, the game plays for three rounds, so it only takes about 15, 20 minutes to play. Nice. Um, there's... There's some good strategy in it, but also it's just kind of silly. And when you hear what somebody was trying to describe and why, sometimes you're just like, why would you, that's stupid. <laughs> and other times you're like, I'm stupid. How did I not notice that? Right. Um, because a lot of the cards are, they're all nouns, right? But because we've used mostly icons for the pictures, yeah. they are fairly ambiguous as to what they are. Yeah. I like, I like that we switched over to pictures just because... Like, I feel Me like too. it's open to so much more interpretation and it makes it more fun slash harder, but... Right, right. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, to be fair, our original idea for pictures wasn't because we thought it would make the game better. We just wanted it to be language independent. Right. Right, so that it was just pictures and easier for anyone to see and be able to play without having to um, translate it. And then it turns out that it actually made the game way better. <laughs> um but so this game was, I was struggling with, uh, now that you kind of understand how it works, I was struggling with trying to figure out how to make the game um, really work um, by assigning the roles because I don't even remember how it was before, but you were, oh, you were just, I don't even remember. Oh, it was people had cards in front of them and you were trying to describe those uh, or you know, originally we were trying to describe the person with these cards, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and we were having trouble not adding like seven thousand cards to make it so you could do the betting and guessing. Um, until I don't even remember. It, it was just organic. We were talking, and it was like one of us said, "What if you're describing the the cards with the cards?" And it was like, "Oh, well, that's interesting. Let's give that a try." And then it, yeah, and that was that. That reduced the number of cards we had to have. Um, and those noun cards are double sided. Uh, to make it really easy to uh, have a lot of replayability. Right now, it's 120 cards uh, total. Um, there's a lot of betting cards, but there are 66 noun cards, double-sided. So you've got 132 different icons. Um, and that makes for some really interesting stuff um, because you're never going to see the same combinations twice. So, um, And you can have the exact same icon up there, like, for the entire game, you could just keep putting the same six icons up there uh, for people to try and describe. And it would be completely different every time because of the cards they're describing them with is so subjective that, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really proud of that one. I think we really, we really did a good job making uh, what could become a classic, uh, a classic party game if we can just get it published. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so if publishers are listening, <laughs> 
it's an idea. And we have right now, yeah, right. We have a publisher who is looking at it right now. They're reviewing it. And then we've got at least one more that we want to show it to. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I can think of, you know, this is one where like we haven't approached these people, but this this would feel very in line with like a Czech games uh, who did. Yeah. Um, code names and stuff this is the same type of thing as them we have not talked to them at all uh but just spitballing it kind of fits their um kind of fits their zone of games uh but i can also think of several other companies um who do party games that this would fit with as well um so i i'm really excited about it. i i this is like one of the first games where i'm like we will find someone to publish this <laughs> like i'm confident we can find someone to publish this yeah um, cause it's, it's easy to print. It's easy to learn. It's easy to play. It's fun. So, yeah. And there's not yeah. much to learn. I mean, like there's maybe one page of rules, two pages of rules and then yep. you're yep. on your way. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be a good quick start game. Um, and, uh, but it's one of those games where it'll be simultaneously fun and infuriating, which those are my favorite party yeah. games where you're like, this is great, but yeah. you took my card or, you know, yeah, when I first read yeah. your treatment of it, I was just like, Oh, this is, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> so that's a good point. Like, let's talk a little bit about that. So, so far the way we've worked together, um, is I've sent you like, Hey, I have this idea. This is what it looks like. What do you think of this? <laughs> and so it's always interesting to me, like how I work with different designers. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you know, um, and I'm sure this will change like working with you that you'll bring something to me at some point and say, Hey, I'm working on this. What do you think about this? And, um, but it's, I think it's always interesting to hear how designers kind of processes work, right? Like yeah. when they're co-designing because yeah. it's different for everyone. Like I co-design different with you than I do with Isaac. And then when I do with Neil, like they're all different because, um, yeah, and so you've co-designed a ton and like done like especially in the RPG side. So like what like I guess what are your thoughts on that experience in general and in, in working with different co-designers? Everyone definitely has their own individual style of designing and chatting and like communicating and working in general. Um, like it's definitely been different. So the one thing that I've noticed that we all use is Google Docs. We all use Google Docs. We all comment yes. on it. Yes. We all comment on it. We all go on there and we like, you know, just vomit our thoughts on, you know, a Google Docs, <laughs> you know, comment section. And then I think that's a great way to work just because, or at least for me, it's a great way to work. I don't know about other people, but for me, I really enjoy doing that. And also just like us going back and forth is really helpful. Um, I think communication is key when it comes to design and when it comes to like you know chatting i feel like we follow up with one another a lot on you know whether it's messenger or you know google hangouts primarily it's messenger right now so i'm going to use that as an example yeah i think i was saying in the last episode when i was talking to isaac about how you and i work together i said we won't talk for like like to actually physically talk for like a month and then we'll talk for like an hour and run through a bunch of questions and ideas and then kind of go back on our merry way, but still somehow make a ton of progress when we're focused on like, okay, this is the game. I mean, no context with, with us only talking once for about 30 minutes about that game. We knocked that whole game out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, really like that was, um, it just shows that like when you have that right rhythm working with another designer that, 
it doesn't always have to be constant. Like like Neil and I, we meet every single week, generally for an hour or more, um, because that's what works for us, right? That's how we spend our time developing. Like you and I don't do that, and and we're still just as efficient. So it's it's that's cool. I like that um, that feeling. Yeah, I like having come out of a meeting and feel like there's action items, like. Yes. feeling like oh okay I know exactly what I have to do now all right I'm gonna you know f- finish all these these tasks and then we'll meet again and we'll like realign uh, recalibrate you know figure out what needs to be done what needs to be tweaked and then you know do play testing if we need to yes yeah I that's something I've struggled with with other co-designers um, not not Neil or Isaac for the record because I know they listen <laughs> so I want to be clear guys um, uh, but like we're kind of the calls always end with, all right, well, let's just think about this. Let's take it back and get back together. And there are times when Neil and I or Isaac and I do that as well, or where you and I have said, let's just kind of run through some ideas. But usually with any of those calls, we always have consistent action items and that really does help keep accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so one of the things I'd love to point out about working with you that um, I, I've is really been awesome is um, two things. One um, like the other co-designers I've worked with, you've been very big about like, I was like, I'm going to make this prototype for no context. And you're like, whoa, 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 let's split it up and let's <laughs> work together. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, because, um, because most of the time when you're working with any designer and you say, I'll do this part, they say, okay. And you were like, no, let me help. And I was like, great. Uh, and then you ended up doing like 90% of the work on finding the stuff because another thing it turns out was you have good Photoshop and and icon creating skills, um, which I don't have. So like that was something I didn't know when I started working with you, but was like, you were able to step in and we wouldn't have gotten the prototype done in the deadline had you not had that skill set and offer to do it. So, you know, that's something to think about builders when you're out there co-designing with people, like really like learn what they're good at, learn their talents. Like I approached you because I liked like your voice and the way you, I saw your design go and like your, your cool and different perspective and ideas. But then it turns out you're like, also I'm way better at you than these technical oh. skills too. And I'm like, awesome. Sweet. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. I only was a PowerPoint jockey for like a few years. <laughs> Fair enough. But like you also have done a bunch of video work, which is funny because like most designers haven't done it. I've done video work as well, but you've done more professional video work than I have. So it's funny to me because so many like, like I have these skills. Hey, she has, she's way better <laughs> at these things. Awesome. Like, you know, so yeah. So that's cool. I love that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And I think that working with you, we really clicked. Like what I really enjoyed is just like anytime we have an idea or like, you know, when one of us has an idea, we just like talk about it. You know, it's just like, oh, right, this, right. this thing. What do you think about this? And it's just like, you know, anything, anything that we talk about is, it's never like a bad idea. It's just like something that we just like have to right. cipher right. and like figure out how do we integrate this and see if it works. Right, right. And there, another thing that, and so that's something to remember is, you know, I'm, we're kind of getting into the zone of, hey, people who are co-designing, remember this, because obviously our listeners, a lot of them are, are newer game designers or even established game designers who are, um, you know, co-designing maybe newer for them. Something else that happened, and I'm not going to give details on this, but I said, hey, let's talk to this one publisher. And you were like, hey, let's not. <laughs> because I'm looking at their games and I just, I, I, I'd rather not. And uh, 
and you gave me your reasons and I was like, great. Okay, cool. No questions asked. Like I'm good with that. You know? And, um, it's important to be able to, to be honest with one another and say, no, I don't want to do that. I like that doesn't work for me. Um, I know I've been guilty before a long time ago when I was co-designing to just kind of let someone be like, okay, if you really want to do that, we can do that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's important to like, if you, because when those games come out, right, they've got your name on them. So it's important that you're comfortable with that, you know? So hopefully it's okay that I shared that story. It was pretty Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I think that when you're designing with someone, it's good to have a trusting relationship. Like I, I feel like, with us like we have this relationship where it's just like oh okay if something doesn't vibrate then we'll talk about it and you know we'll figure out another way around it or something like that right absolutely yeah no that's super important um so so yeah you know and the other thing too is um like when you're going back and forth with the co-designer and we've like you were mentioning this where we're just kind of just going back and forth like what about this what about that and all of a sudden somebody's like oh that that's the thing (laughs) write that down that's what we need you know um and that is it's cool to be able to have those conversations those you know kind of those epiphany moments and um i've been fortunate to work with designers where we're you know again when you have different strengths Mm -hmm. um you can have some of the same strengths but when you have those different strengths and different perspectives and points of view that really can be helpful um in you know in making, you know, make, coming up with things that you wouldn't normally think about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always say I like I like working with designers whose brains work differently than mine do. Right? Yeah. Because um, because I know how my brain works <laughs> and I can think of all those cool ideas. I need somebody who thinks of things in ways that I don't think of them. And for the three main co-designers I work with, that is one hundred percent true, and I love that. So yeah, I think collaborating with other people and like just hearing other voices is always great. Just because then you know right, right. maybe. It, it works in your head, you know, one way, but then another person will be like, wait a second, that doesn't really work right. So. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. So, or did you really think of this through? <laughs> no, I didn't. Good point. All right. So, so hey, for the rest of our time here, um, in, do you have any more co-design stuff you want to throw out there? Oh, wow. I can't believe it's like RA 956. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, we've, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've come a long way. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything right now. It's been just like great chatting with you. Right. Well, so we've, we, st- I've got, I mean, you've got time. Yeah. 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 I've got plenty of time. Okay. Yeah. So I, I still want you. Yeah. So do I. So do I. But yeah, no, we've been chatting for a while. Those are the best episodes where all of a sudden we're like, oh, crap, we're almost <laughs> out of time. Um, I wanted to give you some time to talk about Battle of the Boy Bands because um, this is another one where I don't really know anything about it. I've just heard you. you I know it's been keeping you very busy because I hear you talk about I've got to do this for this and this for this. <laughs> so I would love to I would love to hear about this one. And since since you're publishing and I know you can talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it OK if I talk about two games? Oh, yeah. It's my show. You talk about whatever you want. <laughs> okay, cool. So the first game um, is actually, actually, I'll start with Battle of the Boy Bands. Battle of the Boy Bands is a take that card game uh, with drafting elements in the beginning. So you are uh, your boy band managers, and you're trying to craft the best boy band, and you will have these action cards that you can use to, like, you know, 
uh, sabotage other players and make their boy bands, you know, not as great as they once were. Um, and the game is designed by <laughs> Vicky Ho and Cleo Yansu Davis, who are amazing to work with. Uh, if you ever get a chance to, you know, work with them, they are fabulous. Um, so I'm very excited for that. That's going into Kickstarter in the first quarter of 2020. Awesome. Um, the other game that I wanted to talk about is Layer, which is already out. We just released it uh, at PAX Unplugged. Yes. And Layer is a, uh, it's a game by Tam. And it is a base building worker placement game in a small box. Tam has been working on this game for six to seven years. And we've finally been like, Whoa. yeah, it has taken a very long time. And finally, we were just like, okay, listen, Tam, stop working on it. It's done. It's been done for... <laughs> too long please let us just publish this thing and he was just like okay great <laughs> let's do yeah, it yeah let's do it <laughs> so i'm very excited about awesome. that as well yeah no and that is that for like you can that already did the kickstarter and everything or no that's no so uh we use our own funds to publish this game oh right 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 yes yes that's why because i was like i don't remember the kickstarter <laughs> yes so yeah awesome so that's available now so yeah and they um can find that at gameinacurry.com. Is that the website? Yes. So gameinacurry.com, uh, af- in January, that is when it's going to be available in on our website. Cool. Uh, because we sold out at PAX Unplugged, we don't have any copies left, which is a good problem, but a bad problem because right. we have to wait for the rest of the shipment to get here uh, at the end of December. Uh, so, yeah. Did, did you do the like error mail some in so that you'd have them for packs unplugged in the yeah 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 so uh usually what we do with our printers is uh we would arrange for a few uh units to get shipped over to us and then the rest of it can get shipped to us you know whenever they're ready do you do offshore printing? yeah yeah, yeah offshore offshore yeah yeah, yeah. okay i yeah. figured i figured we're, i mean yeah we're trying to find like, it's hard it's it's almost impossible not to. yeah we're trying to find a, a local printer for our next project uh, just because it's easier and, you know, it's probably a little faster. <laughs> right, right. And I know with the tariffs and stuff that that has been making things more difficult um, all around. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I printed a game locally once, my first game, and they did a great job printing it, but it was so expensive that I literally couldn't wholesale the game, like, through a distributor. I had to do it myself, which was, I mean, it was... It was kind of like, a, I'm going to make a game and see what happens. And and I pretty much have sold out of it, so that's great. It took a long time, but whatever. <laughs> I wasn't in a hurry. Um, but yeah, so it's it's hard to find um, to find printers locally that can, you know, that can hit that price. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll be our next project, to find well, a printer ga- <laughs> locally. <laughs> right. Though Game, Game Crafter is doing better and better about being able to make games at prices that make a little more sense if you can order you know a lot of them you know they have price breaks that keep going oh, up okay. then you'd have to just drive there and pick them up to save on shipping yeah yeah because it's they're, they're like wisconsin i think so you know interesting okay it'd be it'd be a it'd be a road trip yeah that's <laughs> uh that's a bit far <laughs> right 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 but you don't need a boat to get this there, is so true yeah. yes it's not that far <laughs> right 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 awesome um cool no those both those games sound really fun and interesting uh, i can't wait to can't wait to see them in person Yay, the thanks. First time. so 
Um, so yeah, everybody, please check out gameandacurry.com. Uh, the you know layer will be here in January, but also just check it out. They've got a lot of stuff up there. You've got some other games uh, already out there. So, oh, I do want to plug one thing. Um, so recently, yeah, uh, Doug Lewandowski and I worked on this game. It's a solo RPG called The Wishing Sigil. It just ended. Yes, yes. Uh, so people are getting their prompts and everything. Uh, what a solo RPG is, is it's basically um, you get daily prompts that you, or maybe not daily prompts, but like sometimes you get daily prompts, sometimes, you know, dependent on what the game is, you would get different prompts that tell you what to write, what to do. Uh, it's journaling exercise, usually. Um, one of my first role-playing games that I made that was a solo RPG was this thing called They're Onto Me, which is a, um, a vlogging journaling RPG where you vlog into I a camera. You talking about yeah. that. So um, in that vein, there's also another great designer. Her name is Jian Shim. She just put out like, um, like a, I think it's like a six pack of solitaire games, solo RPGs. So nice. if you're interested, you should definitely check that out. It is very cool. Gian is an amazing designer and you should definitely buy that game or buy that set of games. Awesome. Yeah, it's super cheap. It's like 12 bucks cool. <laughs> for six games. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That is amazing. Awesome. Cool. Um, one thing I want to plug really quick. Um, so a couple episodes ago, back when Isaac was on, I mentioned that I ha- was going to give away a copy of uh, Building Blocks uh, to Board Game Design, the encyclopedia that Jeff Engelstein and Isaac Shalev wrote. Um, so I've got a copy ready to send to someone. Uh, so all you got to do for that one is I'm looking for a designer who is interested in a copy of that to email me at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the one thing I ask is that you are a designer who couldn't swing purchasing this book on your own. The book's about 60 bucks, so it's kind of expensive, uh, but it's well worth it. So if you can't swing it on your own, shoot me a message uh, and I will email it to you. I'm not email it, sorry, mail it to you uh, free of charge. Uh, and that'll be between you and me. So I'm not going to like announce it or anything. I just, uh, I want to help another game designer out. Uh, my friend Len Kudrow, uh, I'm sorry, Len, Lenier Wexford, um, he was awesome enough to send me a hardcover copy, which was ridiculously generous of him. So I want to pay that forward by sending a softcover copy that I can afford to someone else. So, um, yeah, so please, please reach out uh, if, you, uh, if you're interested in that. I really would love to share it with someone else. Uh, I've been reading the book and it's been amazing. So I feel very nerdy when I read it because it's literally I'm reading an encyclopedia about game design <laughs> mechanics. But like, it's been, uh, I was telling Isaac that so many other designers who've been like playing games for much longer than I have are like, well, this mechanic and that mechanic. And I just feel like, I don't know, like, like I can't play enough games to catch up with them. But when I read this book, it's like I'm playing the games because I'm like, Oh, this mechanic, this sounds amazing. Here's a game to go play that has this mechanic (laughs) so I can test it out. It's like, so it's been really, really helpful in my design process of late. So yeah, I'm reading it cover to cover. That's my plan. Um, so anyway, so that's that. So please message me, uh, if you're interested in that. Um, other than that, I'm just going to do the end of the show here. Uh, we are, um, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach me at building the game podcast at gmail.com. Preferably you could call and leave a voicemail at seven, seven Oh, tell BTG. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at podcast BTG at J a Slingerland. Um, uh, banana chain is at, 
banana chan vid, but I feel like there's some no. It's uh, I actually changed my Twitter handle. It's now at oh, did you? You keep changing it. (laughs) It's now at banana chan games. And that's it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it did used to be vid though, right? Or did I make that it up? Was, or did it used to? It was be too that? many underscores, and I figured, yes, it's too much. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, so there at Banana Chain Games, um, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, yeah, and all sorts of other podcasty places. So yeah, that is uh, that's all we've got for tonight. So thanks again, Banana, for joining me and having an awesome conversation. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is great, and you are super cool to work with. So I'm very happy about this. Thank you. <laughs> right back at you. Thank you. So with that, we will say good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BTG. Please don't use the email.